Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Once and Future Authors podcast. I'm Stephanie Larkin, and I'm so thrilled to be here with Lori Borman, the author of Hope Remains. Hope Remains is such a personal book, and what I love about it is how it is changing other people's lives. So, Lori, thank you for sharing your journey with us today. Lori is live from Colorado, so anyone who's stuck indoors right now can be seriously jealous. (laughs) (laughs) The mountains are pretty back there. They are pretty back there, absolutely. So we'll we'll deal with the wind because, like, look at me indoors. So okay. (laughs) So much much better where you are, and uh, and thanks for joining us on the show, and, and mostly thanks for for like digging deep and writing this book, which is just amazing. Can you tell us? Well, thanks for helping me with it. And oh my God, this is being willing to, to push it through. Such, such a pleasure, and, but mostly an honor to be part of this story. And part of, part of your story and what I love is, is the people that it's affecting now. People who are reading the book and their lives are being changed. That's yeah, I mean, that's the best part of it all for sure. It is, and that's, and I know that's why you wanted to to get it out there, and why people were encouraging you even before I met you. People in your own life were encouraging you um, spread this story bigger because it's going to it's going to really make a difference. And seeing that difference, wow. wow. Yeah, I mean, I my whole goal was just to change lives, and I guess get the whole mental health movement going a little more and bring awareness and I think for sure I I feel that you know people are telling me and reaching out and um so that that makes it all worth it it does it does but certainly um an emotionally gutting book I'm sure just going through the whole um publication process on top of all that had happened was not a pleasant place to be. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when we first talked, I had hoped that it, I could be done with it in just a couple months, and it was it was difficult. I had to, I felt like I had to take you know an entire day, and then there were days that I'd go to work on it, and emotionally, I just wasn't prepared for that because you can't just sit down and work on it for an hour because it just I don't want to say it ruins your day, but it certainly brings everything right on that surface again and so there was a lot of days I had other things I had to get done and or you know soccer practice to drive my daughter to or whatever and I just didn't feel like being in that emotional state so it definitely took a lot longer than I had anticipated just because of those times where I just couldn't 
couldn't work on it. And um, I'll be honest, I still haven't really read through a lot of the original posts that I did because I, I knew the content that was in them, you know, when we were pulling content from Facebook, but I, I couldn't always read through everything because it was just too much. Of course, of course. Uh, just to give a little synopsis for our viewers, um, Hope Remains is actually the, the day by day story of, I would say, the first year approximately, or about 16 months after Lori's son's life. And out of the posts that Lori made on Facebook that were just so, I, I've never read anybody who has such faith. Considering that I was reading posts when I first came on the scene of a woman who was going through the darkest valley of grief that could ever be imagined, to read such faith in the express to have them into a book, that journey. Wow, to be able to share that faith is amazing. But it really is literally the day-to-day -day journey of all of those emotions that you gone through. And I can only imagine that I know that when I was working reading the posts, going through edits, formatting things, I was, you know, puddle on the floor and I can't imagine how reading that would affect you. So I so appreciate you all the work because doing all that work to get points but you know can you speak to how you can do that? to some other people who may want to go through, I think, I, at least I hope for you that getting to this point had a positive side. Um, I'm not talking about the, the initial grief, I'm talking about just the location process um, for other people who may want to write about something that is as heart-rendering. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, I've always sort of been an open book when people, I mean, just with anything, I'm always like, ask me any question. I'll, I'll tell you how I feel. And I don't really know where that comes from, but it, it was definitely therapeutic for me to write. And so, you know, for anybody going through something hard, I do think getting stuff on paper um, is helpful. And I know, you know, psychologists will tell you, make, you know, journal, whatever. And I guess in today's age, a lot of us journal now in a, in a different format. And of course mine was Facebook. And, you know, for me, I guess I'm just always wanting details about things that happen. And so as I was going through these things and writing them, I felt like, you know, maybe other people would want to know those details. And so it was sort of like, in my mind, I guess, to relieve other people's stress of feeling like they don't want to ask me questions, you know, I just started giving them the answers before they asked in, in a roundabout way, I guess. And um, so I guess made me feel good to know that they could sort of go through this with me. I know that's kind of bizarre, but oh, that um, a lot of sense. Yeah, that they didn't have to ask that question. And, and then I guess too, the whole, you know, people would say, Oh, you're so brave, like early, early on when I was just talking about the incident, you know, just even the first week, um, and not even necessarily on Facebook, but people would just say, oh, you're so brave, you know, this, this, and I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, suicide and the stigma. And I'm like, is there still a stigma? Like, I guess I was a little blinded to 
how maybe people were perceiving me. And, but that just made it all the more for me, that made it all the more important to talk about it because I wasn't embarrassed about it. I knew that I had done a good job as a mom. Of course I had regrets and thoughts and, um, and all of that that comes with suicide. But ultimately, I guess I didn't care how people judged me. I was more concerned about those in my same situation, the kids that are hurting the parents, you know, anyone with mental health. And, and to me, if I don't talk about it, then I'm only contributing to that, that stigma. And so it was important for me to, you know, make other people not feel like they were the only ones thinking these things, um, or feeling these things or the only parents going through this with their kids. You know, I'm like, we are a typical middle-class family and it could happen to anyone. You know, we, um, from the outside looking in, we look like everything's perfect and we know that that's not true in anybody's household. And I'm just not afraid to admit that, I guess. Um, that, that alone, what you just said, there's so many things I, I find that are against that alone, removing the stigma that, thank goodness, you didn't even realize was still a thing. And I'm glad you didn't. That you just plowed ahead because that's exactly the way you wrote. That, you know, what has happened here is, of course, heartbreaking and on so many levels, but it's definitely something that, um, you know, should not be brushed under the table. It should not be, especially since we're dealing with mental health issues, it's something that, it, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this for, for other moms and family members, but also for people who are in that situation so that they can, you know, we can all get people help and work towards uh, better ends. I think that that's just such a big thing. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, sir, is after, you know, as I've talked about it, like, it's unbelievable how many people approach me or message me and and it's like you would never know I mean these are co-workers I have and you know just people all around me and it's like you know they're coming to me because they feel like I can understand but it's like when I ask them you know it's like why aren't you talking about it and it's like well I don't want people to think this or that or whatever and I'm like but you are that person like you're the person that's helping make everyone not think those things, you know, or think those things because you're not talking about it, you know? And I mean, when they say one in five, that statistic that, that mental health will affect some, you know, one in five people in a year, it's like, to me, I, that's a, I, I don't comprehend that. And then yet I feel like I'm living it, you know, when I hear constantly people's stories, it's like, yeah, it's everywhere. It's all around you. And so then that's what is just crazy to me. Then why people are so afraid of it? Why are they afraid to talk about it? Why are they afraid to address it? Um, admit it, whatever, because literally almost everyone you're looking at is dealing with it. I, I did not. Yeah. That's huge. And like you said, I mean, 20% of the people that you encounter, if you walk into a store and you see 10 people, two of them are dealing with mental health issues right now. That's yeah. enormous. And, and, you know, I mean, goodness, even, you know, we're going through a situation right now, obviously in the world, with a virus that affects, and I don't mean to minimize it, but, you know, not one in five people. You know? Right. I know for sure. Right. <laughs> you know, and the whole world is stopped for something that is certainly not affecting one in five people. Thank goodness. 
But one in five people are affected by mental health issues, and yet instead of addressing them, instead of there being an international you know, movement towards that, we sweep it under the table because we're embarrassed or we're scared or we're, you know, we don't want people to look at us funny. I mean, gosh, I had no idea it was that that great. I didn't I didn't either. And but I can say that I feel like, yeah, I believe those statistics after, you know, talking about it and, and being part of the movement, I you know, like I said, people are approaching me or talking to me and like everywhere, you know constantly it's if it's not them it's their son or their uncle or their aunt or their sister or their husband or their co-worker you know i mean it's it really it is that bad which is again why i'm just so shocked that it is so not addressed you know like what you said with the whole covid thing like and i know that it's even worse right now oh god you know and, and i'm i certainly am hearing it more but you know how that is you you don't ever see the car that you, you end up buying a car, a certain make model color, and then you see a hundred of them. And so for me, I just don't know. I feel like it's, it's getting better and it's more talked about, but I don't know if that's just because I'm more aware and looking for it. Right. And because people feel comfortable talking with you about it, which is something that you have given people the gift from the first moment you posted, not, you know, long before there was a book, you gave people the gift of being able to talk to you. Just like you said, you're making those posts so that people would not feel like they had to ask the question. They were thinking the things. But besides the details, which you know, we all you know, read and said, oh, good, I didn't want to ask exactly how these things went down. But now we also, because the person you are and the person you present, we realize we can talk to you. And I'm sure people do gravitate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's true. They feel like I'm not going to judge them back, you know, cause I'm vulnerable and open with my own situation. So I'm somehow going to be able to relate and not judge them. And I guess that's what everybody's worried about is, you know, people having these ideas that they're not as good of a person if, if they have this going on. Right. Right. And, and like you said, you might be seeing more of it now, because of more, but the fact is I'm guessing that the more of it that you're seeing is at a stage much further along than we'd like. We'd like to have people having a conversation here, not wait yeah. until we're here. Does that make sense? Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I just look at all of the kids, the high schoolers and all that are a mess. And I think so much could be prevented if we just start when the kids are little. And it's just beyond me that we don't, do a better job in schools and I mean everywhere parenting parenting classes you know I don't know yeah I mean the joke's always right you have to have a driver's license but you don't have to parent license but it's like if we could really just teach parents some more basic things I feel like it would really help a lot of the insecurities and mental health you know anxiety that goes on with so many of these kids these days there's so much pressure and we just need better tools and access for these kids to learn how to deal with all of that absolutely and and we worry so much that you know they learn common core math or <laughs> right <laughs> like stuff they're never ever going to use but then exactly. the math is <laughs> for their life right but we don't we don't actually have courses in school about things that would help them to be able to be uh, stable and fulfilled uh, adults in the future we don't teach that at all no, I mean, 
if they do, it's like, it's like maybe a day or two in health class in high school, <laughs> you know? Right, right. You know, in one grade. Right there, but don't smoke, don't drink. You feel sad. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, things, the, the two things that I came away with with this was certainly, I'm, I'm loving how you're shining a light on mental health issues, but I can't help but read you and see your unbelievable faith going through on every page. And I am just, so that dazzled me from the first time I read you. Could you speak with us a little bit about that? Because that's such a, a gift for giving to other people that gift of faith. Yeah, you know, I never thought of myself as super, I don't know, you know, nobody wants to use the word religious, but, um, I, I grew up, my dad was, um, a pastor and he was a chaplain in the army. And so, I mean, I grew up in a faith-based house, you know, but I'll be honest, a lot of it, you know, you, you go and it's just the ritual of going and, you know, you don't, you're saying your prayers, but you're saying kind of the same thing. It's almost memorized. You're not really thinking. And, you know, sometime when I was in my early twenties and, you know, just read, I read a book on the, no, finding Noah's Ark and how they thought they had found it. And it was like the first time that really hit me, like that some of that Bible stuff could be true, the science behind it and all of that. And so, um, you know, when I really found a church that talked about the relationship with Jesus, you know, that's really what changed everything. And it's like not hard. It's not, you don't have to follow all these rules. It's just really about a relationship and, and, and trusting him with everything. And, um, so for me, I just always prayed, you know, that his will would be done. And that's a hard thing. Um, I talk about it just briefly at the beginning of my book, how I read a book a long time ago, the power of the praying mom and, you know, how you really have to release your kids over to God and, there was a story in there about a, a little girl with cancer and, and I just thought, Oh yeah, I can do that. You know, but it's easy to think that you trust God enough to just let him. Okay. If, if this is the time to take my child because of, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't think you can ever really know how you would respond to that until you've been through it. And, you know, I really did think that I had that, that strong faith, but you know, the, when we found out that Logan had taken his life, I think probably that was the first time in my life that I could really affirm my faith and say, I know like 100% without a doubt that this is what I believe because I was, I just knew that I was going to rely on, on God to bring me through this and to give me peace, you know, and that's, I mean, I had so many friends and family praying that we would have peace and is as hard as it was, and I'm not going to say I felt a ton of peace at first, <laughs> you know, but I, I would feel, you know, glimpses of it. And I would know that he was going to carry us through this. And just to see my husband's faith come out and, and pray that prayer right after we found out, which wasn't like him at all, you know, to speak out loud and, and just ask Jesus to help us carry us through. Like, I just knew that he was going to be a huge part of this. And you know, the crazy thing is when I started writing, I never, I've never considered myself a writer. Um, I hated writing in college when we had to do essays and papers. And I know it's not the same kind of writing, but um, I just, you know, when I started putting stuff on Facebook, 
it's weird how I've gone back and, you know, or even two days later or one day later, I'd go back and read it and be like, where did that come from? You know? And so I just sort of feel like I just kept praying that I would be, that I would follow God wherever he wanted me to go. And so if that meant putting things on paper, I could look back and go, you know, I'm just, I'm just being obedient. You know, if, if I felt led to write, I would write. I never wanted to force it. You know, if I'm sitting there and I, I never sat there and said, okay, what can I put on Facebook tonight or today or whatever? I never um, wanted it to be that it was a production and it was something that I had to do. It was more just, I felt like putting my feelings out there. And, and again, just the way some of the posts ended up or stories, I should really call them, um, came out. I really feel like that was just him speaking through me because that's not me. Like, you know, a lot of whatever I, I've written, I've looked back and I'm like, I don't know where that came from. That's not really me. I'm not that creative or I'm not that good with words. And I'm still very humbled when so many people say, you're just so good at putting the words out there of, of what you're going through, how you put them. And I don't know, that's hard for me. I guess that's where I really feel like I can't take credit for that. That's, that's really him, you know, and I think if you put everything in an eternal perspective, it does make everything better. You can definitely see light in any amount of darkness, you know, and I guess a lot of my book, I feel like that's the point of it is for people to be able to, to look at an eternal perspective and go, you know, no matter what bad happens, you can always turn it into good or you can always see the good in it. And for sure, I feel like Bob's life is making a difference in other people's lives. You know, if he can save just one life, there was light in his darkness, you know? Yes, absolutely. I, I'm just blown away at the, the two things that happened to you immediately after the incident, which are so, um, so different than so many other people and, and for which I'm so grateful. Um, one is that on the, on the, um, issue of the mental health and even, you know, you were saying how suicide itself is just, you know, such a stigma that you didn't turn away from that, that you didn't immediately like, let's not talk about this as other people do. You immediately chose exposure and sharing and bringing other people into that, which certainly, you know, helped other people because so many people when there's an incident are grieving and they don't even have to support of their families and friends because they're not talking about it. And the other choice that you made right away was to have faith. And so many people have a crisis of faith at that moment. That's the moment that they say, I don't believe anything. And, yeah. and they're all alone. And you chose both of those things. You chose to share and, you know, share the anguish and to be faithful. I'm just amazed with both I of you. I think the sharing is the nursing part of me. I mean, I, my, I don't know what number Enneagram that is, but I am a helper person. Mm -hmm. I'm always wanting to fix people and make them better. I'm a nurse, you know, also. And, and so for me, I guess by sharing and I, I immediately wanted to help people and figure out, okay, so, you know, this was awful in our house. How can I help someone else not have to go through that same thing? And I can't imagine you maybe, thinking about that at that moment. Wow. It's probably a, to a fault of mine where I <laughs> don't even take care of myself as much as I want to help other people. I don't know where, it, you know, it's just innate in me, whatever. But, um, 
I don't know for my, in my faith, I just think that I had it. I don't know for me. I don't know that I was, I didn't feel like I was choosing it. I just felt like it was already there. And so, you know, something, I don't know when people say that, you know, God is always good. They tend to say that when things are going good. And I wanted to be able to say, you know, but he's good and bad too. Like, I mean, he's always good. And so just because something bad happened, you know, I sort of feel like if I would have turned from my faith, then how genuine was my faith to begin with? You know, how did I, how much did I truly believe that God was in control of everything? If I'm going to suddenly turn and feel like, because one bad thing happened. And I know this, it was a huge bad thing that happened, but again, if I'm looking at it from an eternal perspective, everything that's going on here means not much anyway. Wow. That's that, that does put things in perspective saying it like that. It, it certainly does. Yeah. I mean, I always try to look for like, what are we doing here? Yes, we have a purpose and you know, but I mean, I miss my son terribly, but I have to believe that, that there's, that he's in heaven and that, you know, I don't believe that he's looking down on me because there's too much bad stuff. He, he would be seeing all this bad stuff if he's living a great life in heaven. But, you know, I have to believe that, that, you know, there is another place that we're going to be someday. And so this is just, I don't know. You can't take your cars with you. You can't take your body with you. I don't know. Right. Now that's, 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 that's so true. And that really does put everything that we do here on earth in perspective. But you were talking about you having a helper personality and yes, you're a nurse. And I, I think nurses are the most selfless people on the face of the planet. And I can't imagine um, my, uh, I have nurses in my family and I look at them and say, thank God they're nurses because I could never do that. And uh, yeah. And what, what's going on uh, medically in the world right now? I mean, Herculean. Yeah. <laughs> what nurses can do. So, uh, yes, I think nurses are up there with the angels. Absolutely. Well, you're very sweet, but... <laughs> I, no, no, I, I feel that way about my family members who are nurses and, and the surrounding... I know I, know I couldn't, and I'm yeah. just dazzled. But I know um, since, since this has happened in your family... Um, people have come to you besides through the book, but on a personal note for you to be there at the side of others who are going through their darkest day. And you've been there with other people on their darkest day now. Uh, that must be. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, it, I can see where other people can th be thinking like, how on earth could you do that? But I guess in that moment, it's my helper personality that comes out and I sort of put my, I guess emotions and feelings to the side and just think of how, you know, how much it would have meant to me if I could have had somebody in the first week who, who's a mother, you know, that could have been there, you know? And I mean, I did have a, a mom that I met with shortly after, and that just meant a lot because I just needed, I was grasping at someone that could relate, you know, and, and certainly people have lost family members and there's lots of people grieving, but to me, I needed someone that had the most similar situation as I did. And so, um, for me, I guess, because I wanted that so badly and felt like I needed it, I wanted to be able to give it to other people. And I do, you know, having lost a son to suicide, it is one of the most lonely things ever. I mean, I have my family, I have my friends, I have my faith but you still feel very lonely. You just feel like people really 
they don't, I mean, you, it's not even, I don't know if it's much a feeling as you know, you know, people don't know what it's like. They can try to imagine it. Um, and there's just times that you're just, you are so sad. And so it's so dark that if I can help anyone just feel a little more, um, like they're, they're not alone, you know, that's important to me, I guess. And, and that's one of the reasons I was, I was so thrilled um, when you and I were connected to, um, for me to help you get the book out there, was that, you know, there are people right there in Colorado who are, you know, coming to you to help them in situations. But this way, any mom or any person around the world who is going through, you know, dark moment and feels very, very alone, Lori's been there. Yeah. There and, and her writing about what happened and how she, you know, had faith through it all and, and through ups and downs. I mean, there were, there were fun times because fortunately, you know, there, there are bright lights, you know, even on the darkest days, but you know, it's a journey and it's a gift so that people around the world who are lonely, who are right now saying, oh God, I wish I knew somebody who I could relate to, could relate to you without even meeting. That's what, you know, that's such a gift that you've given people. Sure. And I mean, I think in there, I talk so much about my feelings and that's where I feel like, I don't know why people are so afraid of their feelings. And, and I mean, there's things in there there's things I have felt that I'm embarrassed that I felt or that I wish I didn't feel, feel, but I did feel them. And I, we can't help to some degree. We can't help how we feel. And so it's crazy to me that people try to hide from that and, and don't want to talk about their feelings. Cause I'm like, this is, just, you know, this is you and this is us and this is everyone. And, and we, so many people I think feel those same feelings, but they're afraid. And so just for, for someone else to be able to read that and, and be able to say, oh, good, I'm not the only one that has felt that way. Yes, yes. No, and even the things, like you said, that you're kind of looking back and saying, I'm kind of embarrassed I was feeling that way. You're a human, and you were going through this, that, you know, nobody, I, I believe in your life. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and you'll see the dog in the book. <laughs> yeah well and we left a lot out there was a lot of dogs there were a lot, a lot of dogs, dogs well, well that was that was kind of funny because i mean the book is um how many pages long is this book it is uh -oh. 316 pages and it was um three times that at one point <laughs> for sure it for was sure. three times as long and i know for myself and working with you that was the hardest thing was cutting it down and I know in my heart that if this book was, you know, 900 pages, nobody would pick it up. And that's so against what we wanted. We wanted for sure, for sure. To pick up the book. Yeah. But, but taking out one word, one picture, one anything grieved me so much. To do that. <laughs> oh, really? It was like, it was horrible. It was horrible. You know, I actually ended up sitting there looking at posts saying, is this important? And I'm, everything is important. Every word of it was important. And and you talk about the dogs. Every picture of those dogs was important. I know. I love you too. Oh, God. Oh, this is my my uh, hourly hug. Oh, oh, now who is this on your lap? This is Marlo, the middle one. 
the middle one. So how many are there? There's, well, there's four to all together, but there's three St. Bernards and one Yorkie. There's a Yorkie in this mix? <laughs> yeah, somewhere. He was on my lap a while ago. Uh, is he like the one who rules the roost, even though he's the smallest? Um, kind of. He thinks he's the boss, but my oldest saint kind of puts him in his place sometimes, so Gosh. I have to get down. <laughs> <laughs> I call these my pain suckers because they are, they give me hugs all the time and definitely have, besides my faith, have been the second best thing to keep me sane. <laughs> And, and, and that's why I didn't even want to cut a single picture of a dog, um, just because there were pictures and moments that, that the dogs came, the pain suckers, and really did help to suck the pain. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for anyone to grasp onto something that gives them joy, you know, not that it has to be dogs, but for me, the dogs really give me joy. And so, you know, if you're going through something, you just, you have to find that. Um, and it definitely, it definitely makes you, you can always know the sun's going to shine in the morning. You got your dogs there or whatever it is. It's important to you. I, I'm all for doing dogs. <laughs> no, me too, but. I'm all for doing dogs. And at the beginning of uh, quarantine here, one of my favorite things that happened is that the animal shelters here in New York were empty because everybody went to a shelter and yep. adopted a pet for quarantine. And I'm like, what a great idea you should have been doing that years ago <laughs> i know i know exactly only we just keep getting them so at some point <laughs> we have to we have to stop but <laughs> <laughs> yes well i have much smaller pets than you do every time a child leaves my house i end up with another dog so <laughs> oh, no now now how old is your youngest she's not going anywhere yet uh she? she just turned 14 yeah so she has a little ways to go but okay so when she she's goes to like college or something, you're getting another dog. <laughs> or may I don't. She's a bad encourager because she wants another one now. But oh my god! In the city limits, we can't make that happen quite yet. So is there like an actual ordinance against that in the city limits? Yeah, you can only have four four adult dogs in your house. So another good reason why we need to get moved to our new property. <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't know that there was a rule about that. I mean, it depends on the county, but yeah. Wow, boy, I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite takeaways, and I want to make sure I hit them all. Um, certainly, you're, it's staggering how many people are dealing with mental health issues. Yeah. And, and I love that not just this when people are here, but let's deal with this long before it gets to that point and that's something that has to happen you know nationwide and worldwide yeah for sure and again i think you know you're seeing a little bit more programs in workplaces and um i'm seeing a lot more stuff on the internet you know and people coming out like michael phelps and you know big people's talking about it so i think it's moving in the right direction but boy it sure needs to catch up fast because i think i mean we're a disaster and now with COVID, I think, you know, it's, it's beyond my thinking of what really it's going to look like just in a couple of years as, uh, as these kids continue, you know, grow up in households with parents that don't know how to, you know, don't have the tools to fix themselves. And now they're raising kids, you know, that they aren't help, you know, and I'm not saying it's all fixable. I mean, some of it's a disease. It's like diabetes. It doesn't go away. So I'm not like saying, 
oh, just go get some counseling, you know? I mean, there's, there's certainly many things that um, are out there and one thing doesn't work for all, but, you know, I do think it's, it's gotta catch up fast, the awareness and, and, the, and trying to figure out what works for each person and prevention, right. um, you know? Well, you know, the first step is, is awareness. And if we're not aware at how many people are struggling with such issues, then we can't even get to the point of uh, access to better healthcare, prevention, um, whatever will help a person. If counseling will help, great. If medical intervention is needed, great. Whatever is needed, so. I dropped my phone and I don't know where you went. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> I think you turned off your video. I don't see how to bring it back. Sorry. Shoot. I'm in a safe driving mode. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll hear you and not. Oh, there, you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I found it. <laughs> Perfect. And through, the, and through the power of editing, we can just choop. Okay, good. Sorry about that. <laughs> or I'll leave it in because I thought it was hilarious. So no worries. <laughs> I've always wanted to have a blooper reel. Yes, it's, but, it's real. Absolutely. I mean, it's real life. And that's one of the things that I love too. Um, we're talking about takeaways. This is real life. And I think that, you know, let, let's, not, let's not edit the film of our lives. This is real life and let's be there for each other. And let's reach out to other people um, before, during, and after when things happen. Because yeah, I mean, and I, you know, when people say they've got they got my book, they're gonna read it. It's I'm always a little like, oh, what do I say? Like happy reading. I mean, I know it's not <laughs> happy reading. It's like I haven't come up with a good response yet, but um, but you yeah, it's something like, wow, you're gonna love the dog picture on page 120 or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure, that's a good one. Because I, because that's what I'm thinking is like, yeah, this is hard reading. I know that it is, but it's real life. And I mean, it, and it can be applied for anything, not just, you know, a mom that lost their son to suicide, but there's so much to me, there's so much other helpful content in there, you know, that anyone can get something out of it. Absolutely. And that, and that's great. And that's, and that's huge. I mean, you said once that uh, you unfortunately belong to a club that nobody wants to join. Exactly. Uh, and, and we don't want to be there, you know, but so many people who have had other issues and some people who are in the club and there are people who are unfortunately are in that club who are not with other people who are supportive, maybe because of the stigma of mental health issues and suicide that they don't have that support system. So they can have you and your support system, you know, because we need to know that we're not alone in things. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot in there too, just for, I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me, gosh, I'm going to look at this differently now, or I'm going to, you know, treat my students, you know, someone who's a teacher, I'm going to look at my students differently now and try to, there's like, you know, um, there's certainly tips in there and things that I saw in my son that people are like, Oh my gosh, I see that in my 13 year old. I am going to start, you know, the whole prevention thing. And I think that's to me, yes, I don't want people to feel alone and yes, I want people to be able to relate, but honestly preventing and helping people see things in themselves or in other people and then fixing it and preventing it is really, you know, my, my biggest 
what I'm most thankful and grateful for when I get those messages of like, you've changed my life because I was driving down a dirt road and was wanting to take my life. And all I could keep thinking about is, you know, when you just kept saying you have to talk about it. And so I called my mom and I mean, I've had amazing stories of, of people that could remember some of the things, you know, that I talk about prevention wise, you know? And so I just know that anyone reading it can get tips. Even if, if you don't feel like you have any issues, you might have a friend that you might pick up something, you know, in that friend that you would have not before. Marie, I can't thank you enough because I can't imagine the, well, certainly the, the anguish that you've gone through in your life, but then to choose to, you know, revisit that dark place on a, an ongoing basis so that you can pass along tips insights, your journey with other people, you purposely put yourself in that difficult place. The first time it was not your choice, but, but doing this was your choice and all the ways you reach out is your choice. Well, thank you. I, I, I don't really see that there's an, another option. I don't see that there's another way, but I appreciate those sweet words. No, it's, it's, it's so true and it's, it's such a gift to other people and uh, I, I really appreciate it and I know that I'm the least of the people who appreciate it because there are so many people that you've touched. Thank you. And, uh, thank you for, for including us in your marriages. Us, the whole wider world and all those people that you're thank you and for your life. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share the story. Appreciate it. My pleasure. My privilege. And thanks for joining us. Um, Lori's book, Hope Remains, The Journey Through the First Year After My Son's Suicide, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, booksellers near you, or you can even visit hoperemainsbook.com if you want to get bulk orders, because I think it would be a great idea if you're running any kind of a, a group or a not-for-profit organization, youth groups, things like that, so that you can have other people read and share the story. So let's help each other. And thanks for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing.